Oh, buddy, the Dallas Mavericks lost again, and tonight it was to the Memphis Grizzlies, and Desmond Bain was the, wait for it, the bane of existence for the Dallas Mavericks. Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. Dallas Mavericks are NBA champions. I don't believe you shouldn't be here. Welcome to Lockdown Mavs. This is one of your co-hosts, Isaac Harris, contributor to Mavs.com. As Nick rightfully took this night off, okay, because, I mean, okay, to his credit, he did get two nights ago. He got Friday night. I took Saturday night. We agreed to split this heading into the weekend. And, uh... I was kind of cracking some jokes to him uh, through text that, hey, haha, you got you know the Friday night game. Uh, didn't know that this was going to be coming on Saturday night, so uh, he texted me uh, Saturday morning with some uh, fun jokes as the Mavericks announced that Luca and KP were not going to play in the game. But the Mavericks lost to the Memphis Grizzlies, ninety-seven to ninety. They held an opponent under a hundred points and they lost. Hasn't happened a ton this year, but uh, all things Mavs on Twitter uh, tweeted at us and said, hey, guys, Lockdown Mavs, Nick, Isaac, you guys should take tonight off. You know what? We don't take any post games off. <sighs> Jimmy, come on. We don't take any post games off. But um, I think off the top, I just want to hit the injury updates for Christoph Porzingis and Luka Doncic because, as we all know, this team uh, is not very good. Uh, without either one of those guys. And I think it would be better uh, if I just played the clip from Jason Kidd. This is pregame as Kidd uh, kind of addressed uh, Luka Doncic, Kristaps Porzingis being out in the game. Once again, this is pregame uh, from Mavericks head coach Jason Kidd. We've got some, some guys out. So let's, talk, let's start with Luka. He's out. Uh, left ankles, soreness, uh, lingering, this injury. Um, he's had, you know, he missed the three games with this injury. So he's out. Um, he had an MRI today. Um, and so he's uh, been sore. Uh, it's just been a, a busy stretch of games for us. And so uh, we'll see how he feels tomorrow. Proceed that way. Uh, KP's out, left knee contusion. He's getting treatment and uh, we will monitor his progress. And then Willie is out with uh, personal reasons. It's an MRI showing that. It's out of my pay grade. I don't get to see the film. Uh, so I'm only can give you what uh, my speech writers give me. So. Okay. So it wasn't any re aggravation last night for Luca? No, just uh, he's sore. Um, he got an MRI today. And. Uh, we can only proceed uh, with medical and Luca are, are doing. So he's out. Luka Doncic is uh is out tonight. Kristaps Porzingis. Um, if you're not watching on YouTube, I'm holding up something like I'm reading. Shout out to Jason Kidd. Just hey, just read, just read what we write on you on a, for a piece of paper. We're gonna hand you this piece of paper. Just read it off. That is the update. Uh, from Jason Kidd on uh, Luca and KP. 
the Luca thing, like he said, you know, it's it's the the lingering ankle issue that he missed a handful of games for. He's out, he was obviously out of this game. He <laughs> had a uh, very expensive outfit on tonight uh, on the bench that uh, you guys can look up if you want. Luca Fly rocking the sweater, even though I think the high today in Dallas was like seventy seven. So. Um, Hey, I didn't. I didn't even think about it being seventy-seven, Lucas' number. But uh, it's kind of hot today in Dallas, and really has been for the month of December. But who cares? Um, and Porzingis, not gonna lie, a little, little worried about the Porzingis thing. Uh, I think all of you, uh, all of us, can can be a little worried when you know KP's out. But the left knee contusion, you know, there was one thing of missing the front game on the uh, front end of the back to back. Then he misses a second game too. So. We'll see uh, what happens with that as the Mavericks have off on Sunday. No practice, uh, anything with that. Then they come back uh, on Monday, do their thing. And then Tuesday night, you know what? They welcome the Brooklyn Nets, Kevin Durant, James Harden, and the crew to town. So uh, not the best of opponents to see whenever you're uh, kind of struggling. But uh, you know what? That's part of the NBA and being, and being, in the words of Jason Kidd, NBA basketball players. That's, a, that's that's part of the NBA life. But okay, so this game, uh, they choose not to start Tim Hardaway. Kind of surprising to me, but you know what? I get the whole mindset behind it. Let's keep the rotations. It seems like they they have you know moved obviously Tim Hardaway to the bench permanently now. So it's like, hey, let's keep the rotation going. We'll just insert Brunson to that starting unit. They started Brunson, Dorian, Reggie Bullock, Maxi, Dwight Powell in that. Uh, brought Tim off the bench. Honestly, thought Tim could have played a little bit more in this game, but once again, he had the injury on Friday night uh, to, I think, his thigh uh, that he came back into the game and all that. So I don't really know exactly how he's feeling, but uh, I texted Nick whenever Luca and KP were not going to play in this game. I texted Nick and I said, over under 68 and a half points for the Mavericks. And we kind of went back and forth. It was obviously just a joke. Um, after the Mavericks scored two points in the first four to five minutes of the game, um, I was really watching that 68 and a half uh, number. I even tweeted out in the first quarter because they had 30 something points at halftime. And I tweeted out, and I was like, hey, in case anybody's wondering out there, if unless I was the only one, the lowest amount of points that the Mavericks have ever scored in the game was 62 points. Uh, back in 1997, they scored 64 points, a little bit better there, 2016 against the Grizzlies. But uh, I was worried that they were not going to hit the 62 mark but thank, thankfully, they had Tim Hardaway Jr. on their side uh, that made this game at least fun. Like, at one point, I know we've committed to you guys to do a post-game pod after every single game. We have we started this. We've been doing this pod a little over five years. We started doing this, I think, two or three years ago. And at one point, I was seriously debating on it because, you know, I, I got to put up some Christmas decorations in the house. I got to get some stuff done. A lot of you guys know we just moved and all of this. And I'm like watching this game, taking all these notes, trying to make some highlights, but there wasn't really too much to clip. And I was sitting there debating on it. I'm like, you know what? Do we want to break the promise? Break the vow right now. I'm not going to maybe not do it tonight, but you know what? Had the power through. And at least Tim made this game fun because I thought that they were going to have to need like, Bobon was going to have to score like 28 in this game. That's what I thought was going to have to happen further than be in it. But um, yeah, Bobon did his thing a little bit, but thankfully Tim went off in the fourth. Tim caught fire. Um, Tim had 20 of his 29 points tonight. Shout out to Tim Hardaway Jr. As I look at his box score for tonight, 
Um, Tim was seven of 18, five of nine from the field, 29 points. Like I said, 20 points in the fourth quarter tonight. And here's the, here's the most important thing besides obviously losing this game to the Grizzlies without John Morant, Brandon Clark, slow-mo, my best friend. Um, maybe this is like that. What exactly what Tim needed? Because when you look at Tim's numbers last year and you go into this year and you see the shooting numbers have went down, the three-point pursuing uh, percentage, the, um, you know, the, his efficiency numbers, just his overall feel on the floor. You know, obviously he started the season as a starter. Now he's back to playing uh, off the bench. And he's just not having that good of a season. And to see a game like this, Luca KP out, to see a fourth quarter like this, maybe this is exactly what he needed. Maybe that we go in, I'm trying to, hey, let's just put the the optimist hat on right here just for Tim, Tim only in this conversation here, and just say like maybe this is a point that we look back on in a few games and say, man, that was that fourth quarter is what got Tim going at this first part of the season. And maybe coming out against Brooklyn, and he comes off the bench and he hits four or five threes again, and it was it's a lot of fun. He gets back on track. Maybe that's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping. But he at least made this game fun. Um, I was kind of disappointed Jalen Brunson tonight, uh, just because obviously when you're missing Luka and KP, when you look across the board for scoring, you're going to need, you know, Tim Brunson, these guys, you know, there's not a ton of creators on this team, but you look at Jalen Brunson's night tonight, he was a minus six. He, uh, Tim was a plus seven, by the way, but Jalen Brunson, 15 points. He was seven of 21 from the field, 0 of two from three. Um, I thought we'd have a little bit bigger game as far as scoring wise from from JB. It uh, just didn't happen. I do want to praise Dorian Finney-Smith. I thought Dorian played a pretty dang good game. He had 14 points in this game, four of six from three, five of 12 from the field. He had six boards, four assists. As always, uh, he's <laughs> always crashing the boards. He had three offensive rebounds tonight. Maybe one possession, but you know what? Probably multiple possessions because he had that one where he went back and forth, um, kind of getting his own rebound in that. So when I say here, and I, I kind of broke down, I took all my notes and I kind of broke them down to three different categories of like things that were bad, things that were good, and then things I don't understand. Uh, I've already touched on a few of these, but things that were bad. Um, I didn't think Jalen Brunson had a pretty had a very good game at all. I thought the effort at times wasn't the greatest and the field goal percentage. I mean, shocking here, but the Mavericks really struggled to score uh, without Luca and KP. You could go even further and say they struggled to score even with them um, for what it's worth on that. So field goal percentage in the scan, 33% from the field. Just can't cut it. Sorry got to be better. Just, it, it just can't happen. Things that were good in this game. Like I said, I thought Dorian played a good game. I thought Tim had that crazy stretch in the fourth quarter, that last three that he hit over Desmond Bain. I'm going to get to Desmond Bain in a little bit. Um, was incredible because he hit the timing of it. One, he just had to take it because they just had to have a three uh, to get back into this game. But the timing of it, he kind of turned as he was turning, he just decided to shoot. Bain was in his face and obviously he drains the three at the top of the key. Bain, you know, didn't allow him to come down and bam, it was a four point play on that. So I, yes, Tim made this game at least competitive and fun there uh, in the fourth quarter. Um, things that I don't understand. Let me just throw this out there. You guys know that if you've been listening to this pod, I'm not like, I don't think Josh Green is going to be the, you know, next coming of Andre Iguodala. Okay. I don't think that. 
um, I've kind of had my fun with a Porsche fans last year. They were like, oh my gosh, Josh Green, if he played, look, we would have won some of these games. And it just became kind of a bit uh, for some fans that you know, Josh Green wasn't playing. If he played, he would be really good. And the Mavericks would win all these games and all this stuff. I don't understand why Josh Green can't play in a game like this. I, I just don't. And I, I understand the like he still he still has a lot of developing to do. Uh, I think he was uh, Jason Kidd was even asked after the game, you know, why in a game like this, when so many guys are missing, that guys like Josh Green and Moses and uh, Eugene, you know, couldn't see the floor. Uh, kid, you know, basically said, hey, there's only so many minutes in a game. I played who I thought I could play, basically. And he said a few more things that I'm paraphrasing. Uh, I'm sure you guys could watch on YouTube or whatever it is, uh, the exact quote on that. But um, I just didn't understand it. I, I didn't understand at times when the effort wasn't there, uh, you know, when they were getting beat by, gosh, I don't know what the largest lead, but it had to be close to 20 in this game. Like, why not throw Josh out there? Just, I mean, at least he's going to run around and have energy. And I just, I thought that he would at least been thrown out there, but he wasn't. They stick, uh, stuck to um, a lot of the tight rotations on that as far as how they want to keep things moving forward. And, um, just didn't play. And I'm not saying that Josh Green playing in this game, you know, would have won the game, but it's these type of games that I'd be like, you know what? Let's throw him out there, see what he's got. <laughs> you know what? And, and so uh put him against Desmond Bain. Let's see something. But he didn't play. Um, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back. And I actually want to have a, a mini conversation about Desmond Bain. All right, oh, I had to take a quick drink real quick. Since I'm by myself, Nick decided to abandon me tonight. Let's talk about Desmond Bain for a second because I think this goes into the category of things I don't understand. And I want to say a few things before I, I get down this conversation just a little bit because um, I, I want to preface this mini monologue uh, with a couple things here. I think Desmond Bain is incredible. I think he is one of the best value picks in the end of a first round that we've seen in recent history as far as drafts-wise. Really, really good player. You saw the framework of that at TCU, and I think there are a lot of teams in the first round. I have the whole first round pulled up here uh, from his draft that are probably smacking themselves right now for not taking Desmond Bain. Every time they see Bain play for Memphis or see a stat line, or see some highlights, they're like, dang it, why could we not have taken him? Why, if you're Denver, Denver's probably like, why did we take Najee when we could have Desmond Bain right now? There's a, probably a lot of teams in that camp that are asking themselves, hey, why did we not take Desmond Bain? So I love Desmond Bain. I love watching him play. He killed the Mavericks tonight, 29 points, his career high. Um Love that. Okay. So I want to get that out of the way before I go uh, down on this. I just don't understand. I think there's a, I think it's become kind of an obsession over the Desmond Bain Dallas thing because we obviously didn't end up with him. And then the whole proximity thing with the TCU in Fort Worth and being close to the Mavericks and all of that. So the Mavericks had the 18th overall pick, Josh Green. We know all the stuff behind the Josh Green. Bob Volgaris, Donnie Nelson, there's the athletic story, there's Bob telling, you know, on the, you know, with the Torre podcast and everything about the behind the scenes stuff in the front office on that draft night. We know they're uh, how much they like some people like Sadiq Bay in that draft room. I I 
I know all of this. Okay, we know all of this. The Sadiq Bay Josh Green thing. They end up going with Josh Green. They didn't go with Sadiq Bay. We know how Sadiq is having a you know, pretty good start to his season. We loved on this podcast. We love Sadiq Bay. They missed on Josh Green for Sadiq Bay. I'm all here for that. They missed. If we want to keep going on this, and I don't want to put the target on Josh Green, but I, in the same way that I'm praising Desmond Bain, I want to say this about Josh Green too. Josh Green being what two years into his career, not being able to play in a game like this is a miss for the Mavericks. Like we have to admit that. Okay. I'm not trying to sugarcoat that either. But when you look down and say, okay, Sadiq Bay, yeah, they, you know, he could be playing over Josh Green right now. Even looking at Precious, even like looking at Tyrese Maxey, like Emmanuel quickly, like these are all guys that I'm like, dang, man, they, they could have taken that guy. They could have taken this guy, Maxey. He's a Garland kid. They could have taken him. Let's go. We love the proximity stuff. And then we get down to Peyton Pritchard. I mean, he's at least playing some minutes for Boston. He's been playing Malachi Flynn. I, I liked him going to the draft. I like him in Toronto. And then Desmond Bain, the 30th pick in the draft, one pick above the Tyrell Terry pick. And I just want to ask this open question. Open question. Should teams, should NBA teams be held to a higher accountability when they miss on a player that played college in close proximity to them? I'm 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 honestly asking that because I've I've seen it's been a discourse even I mean some media people we talk about it so I, obviously Mass Twitter talks about it it's been a conversation about the Desmond Bain thing and I'm just openly asking that question like should because I start looking at different things too that is that a slippery slope like why did we have the same conversation with Jared Allen playing at Texas whenever we took Dennis Smith Jr.? And how far, if we're, we are going to say, yes, proximity matters, we, we should hold an NBA team to a higher regard whenever they miss on a player, they don't take a player that plays next door or down the street from them. What's the limit on that? Are we talking it has to be within an hour? Can we do a, co you know, a couple hours? Is it this Texas counts? Does Arkansas count? Are we doing the Bobby Portis versus Justin Anderson thing? Hey, you didn't take you know Bobby Portis because, but he played at Arkansas. It's a neighboring state. I just don't know. I'm asking, do people in other states do this? Do Hornets fans get really upset that if the Hornets miss and they don't take a Duke player or a Carolina player, an NC State player, or is there uh, Nets fans or Knicks fans in New York that, man, there's a Syracuse, Syracuse player, another New York school, and we didn't take him in this draft, so therefore uh, why you know they're more upset because it's it's a closer school to them. And that that's what I'm just I'm I'm trying to process that I'm like I don't know I I will say you've seen, heard me make the joke on the pod I haven't understood a lot because I think a lot of teams ahead of the Desmond Bain pick should be mad that they didn't take Desmond Bain I I I'm all here for that I think there's a lot of players that the Mavericks should be regretting right now that they didn't take at 18 including Maxi even Precious like we said even quickly throw Desmond Bain in that I get all of that. But the notion of the Mavericks failed so bad because there was a guy who played college nearby, I just think that's a slippery slope. So I, it, it, that part, it's become, I think, a bit. It, I think it's become kind of an um, obsession a little bit because he played you know, nearby and all of that. So, and I don't, something I also don't buy is the trade-up part of that conversation of, hey, well, the Mavericks had the 31st overall pick. They could have moved up one spot to 30 and got him. I don't like any of that stuff because then you could just do what ifs every day, all day, every draft of like, you had this pick, you could have moved up one spot to 18 instead of 19 and all. I'm like, 
all this different stuff of every draft pick of every second round, first round and everything. And it just goes to show you the draft conversations are so much fun and they're so much, so hard in the same conversation um, about second round picks. How many times I'm, I'm blaming myself. I did, I did the exact same thing. I've been sitting back and I, so I'm calling out myself here. I've sat back so many times and be like, dang it, man, we missed on AJ Hampton, like Hammonds. We, we miss on, you know, this second. I wish we could turn a, a second round pick Tyler Bay. I wish we could have turned Tyler Bay into something. I wish we could have used some of these second round picks. Second round picks are important until the league cracks down on the bulls and heat. And we're firing off the tweet saying, that's just a slap on the wrist. Who cares about second rounders? And it's like, all right, well, I cared about them. They're so important before because I want my team to make you know the best of the second rounders. But when it comes to a penalty to a, a team taking away second rounders in the same vein, I can be hypocritical of myself of being like, well, dang, well, they didn't matter then. Who cares? It's just a slap on the wrist. So anyway, it's just fun draft conversations, right? And we can all agree to disagree. But my whole thing is I think Bain is an incredible player. I think the Mavericks would be a much better team right now if they had taken him. I, man, I wish he was a Dallas Maverick. He would be great on this team. It would be a great story, TCU and all of that. I think there are a lot of players that we could look in this draft, especially considering that Josh Green isn't playing, and say, man, they missed on a handful of players that were drafted after Josh Green, including Sadiq Bay, and say, man, I wish they would have taken one of those players. But I don't understand just the one player obsession of Desmond Bain of he played down the street. He played at a college nearby and the Mavericks suck so bad because they didn't take uh, the local player of that. But Desmond Bain's great. The Mavericks have not been great as of late. They got to turn things around. They got to figure out something. They got to get Luca and KP healthy before Tuesday and uh, as KD and Harden and the crew comes to town. Guys, we'll be back uh, tomorrow night. Uh, wait, what is that? No, well, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow morning as Nick and I will be back for the pod. Peace out. Boom.